Welcome to the Jiu-Jitsu of Life, a weekly podcast for BJJ enthusiasts who are striving to succeed both on and off the mats. This podcast is brought to you by Robles, makers of the world's finest custom jiu-jitsu apparel. And here are your hosts on the Jiu-Jitsu of Life, Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui. Now, now, did you actually have strep throat then? Because you had said, I think you had said you had strep throat. Is that right? Yeah. Well, so I always keep a bottle of antibiotics at the in the house, and I use that for tra- like travel. If I get sick over, like if I'm traveling somewhere, and I'll just start taking antibiotics if I need them. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and no, I didn't get tested for strep throat. But dude, my throat was on fire. Like I couldn't swallow, couldn't do any of that. So immediately I was like, I have strep throat, you know? Okay. And I didn't want to go to the doctor just so they they can stick this like thing down my throat and be like, yep, you got strep throat. Now go home and rest. I was like, I can just go home and rest right now. I like, I I can, I can forego all that. Like I have the, I have the antibiotics already that you're going to give me. So yeah, Yeah. you're ready. It's like I skipped. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Plus that's always something. It's like the COVID stuff, right? Like I, um, because for a long time, anytime I got sick, uh, when we were going through all the COVID stuff, um, they were like, go get tested. Yeah. And the whole time I was going to be like, no, I can just do what they're going to tell me to do anyway, yeah. which is stay home, right? Yeah. Like, they're yeah. not going to give me any medicine. They're not going to do yeah. anything that helps me get better. They're going to say, go home, stay away from everyone else, and rest. And I was like, I can, I can save some money uh, by, by just not going to the doctor and doing that right now. Yeah, and turn on I'm, Netflix and just hang out. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm just gonna preemptively rest. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's you know I, I did um, I did have COVID you know what eight months ago something like that and, and I did go to the doctor and man I kind of well I, and at the time it felt necessary because I did I thought I was getting like pneumonia, um, mm-hmm. but by like literally it, it must have been one of those sort of psychosomatic things because the moment he's like. Oh yeah, I came back. Okay, you have COVID. Like I started feeling better, and by like three hours later, I felt almost fine. And then mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks, I had like a little bit of a cough, but it was like I had like a high fever. But like it was, I swear that fever was getting better as soon as that prognosis came out. But what was weird and creepy is I got like a call from this woman who worked for like some sort of health services thing, and she's like, "So, so I we understand you have COVID. Where do you think you got it? Where have you been traveling?" I'm like. This is too, this, it feels like you're being medically audited. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I never, yeah, that's, that. that's weird. It it's almost really like weird. they're trying to find patient zero, but this yes. isn't going on for a while. Yeah. This was already 2022. It's like patient zero was, was two and a half years ago. If you believe the rumors, um, <laughs> some say in China, now I'm hearing it actually started in a U.S. lab, some, something to do with China. I'm hearing lots of stories. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was just kind of weird and kind of unsettling. And and yeah, the same thing. They're like, well, you can get this Paxlovid thing. And then I started hearing about that where it's like people have COVID. They take this antiviral Paxlovid thing and then they get COVID again. Like, oh, yeah, that's a common thing. And I'm like, wow, that sounds like a great idea. You can get it twice instead of once. It's So, um, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it's, it's a weird thing because, um, yeah, it felt weird to be like I was being tracked or something like that. Like I felt mm-hmm. like I was suddenly on the radar and, and I just don't like that feeling in general. Cause I feel like one of these things that I'm okay with somebody tracking somebody 
if they've done something. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. let's say I'm a world-renowned uh, cocaine dealer, and I get caught, and I get busted. Fair enough. I got to do some time for that moment. It's against the law mm-hmm. in every state in the United States. <laughs> uh, however, if I'm not that person, or let's say I haven't been caught, or whatever it might be, I don't like when people are suspicious of me when I haven't done anything. Like, to me, it's like, I need to do something wrong for you to be suspicious of me. Cause if you're like, so I just don't like being like audited. Cause that it was a big complaint for me when I was doing mobile homes is like, they started auditing me. They started coming to my house and going through paperwork in my office. And I'm like, I really, really intensely dislike this. Like I have not done anything wrong. There's never been any complaints against me. There's nothing like there's no rules violated. My paperwork's all in order. Like don't come to my house and check it. It's too invasive. I just, man, yeah, I just man. don't like it. I just don't like it. So yeah, I think that not getting uh, on the official COVID record is, I felt like a weird statistic that I did not want to be. And then it was like all this annoying, like, well, are you wearing a mask? Where were you? Were you around people wearing a mask? I'm like, I, just, I don't know. What would have happened if you just hang up? I mean, there's nothing they can do, right? I probably should have just hung up. You're right. Yeah, just hang yeah. up. Like, I'm sick. Lesson, lesson learned. <laughs> Next time around, I'm hanging up. So, um, yeah, man. It's, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's rough when you, uh, I feel like this week was like the first week in a long time where I'm like, man, I think I did everything right. Like work, like had the, just the right balance of couple training sessions, some good workouts, some good back off days, everything on the diet was just perfect. And in a way it's like a good, like, Oh, this is great. But for me, it's, it's almost, it's, it's kind of terrible. When things Why? go, because now I'm like, oh, I've got to try and duplicate this. I've got to try and do everything the same that I did oh, last week. No. And See, immediately I won't. Happiness. And then, and then yeah, I know, I know, I know this is the thing. So then it's like, well, do I just go the opposite way and do the, do I do the Costanza and do the opposite? Is this tune on rye? No. I don't know. So it just no. turns into this horrible thing where it's like, when I, when I feel like when I do everything right, when it comes to this kind of stuff, uh, it always messes with my head. Cause now I'm like, oh. This is what it could feel like. I have a good energy level all day. Like body feels pretty good. Training sessions were good. Lifting was good. Cardio was good. Damn it. <laughs> this is yeah. it. I peaked. So. Yeah, I think on situations like that, and I'm talking about myself, is going in with the right intentions, but then trying to have the temperament that when things don't happen the way you want them to happen, to be able just to be like, there's a reason behind this or, you know, some, 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 something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, well, it's, I mean, I think that's a good lesson for life too, because it's like most of the great things in my life have happened like not by, not necessarily by design or certainly not the way I, I envisioned the design going by. And I always have to remember that because I think through the internet and then just my own weird obsessive compulsiveness, I always think like, okay, I've got to plan everything out and, and map it out and it's got to go this certain way. And then this certain thing will happen. And that's literally almost never been the case. And yet I still have this compulsion to want to do that all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think about things like, so for instance, for, from quite a long time, I felt like I had one foot out the door in Austin in general. I was like, okay, we're going to relocate to Florida. We're going to do this next year. And just sort of, that's not a good way to live. 
because you start like number one, you can get sloppy, but I think number two, you start missing out on enjoying what's in front of you at the moment, which is really how you should live. And I'm telling you, like, as soon as that hurricane hit the exact city in Florida that we were looking at, not near it, not, oh, we were going to go to Tampa and it hit, no, Fort Myers, ground zero, Fort Myers is where we want to go. Most of Fort Myers, the beach, off the map, like catastrophic. Mm -hmm. And it was, I feel terrible for the people and all that, but man, it completely changed my mindset. Because all of a sudden yeah. I'm like, I'm almost, it's almost like a weird total polar opposite where, you know, Chantel's like, we should maybe buy a condo downtown or in Clarksville and that way we can leave for a while. And I'm like, why would we want to sell the house? We, we've got everything here. I've got everything dialed in. I know this story. Like I'm turning into like the, the old man who doesn't want to change anything. And mm -hmm. I've never been that person before, but it's like this weird thing of all of a sudden, I, I don't know what's happened. There's so, no right or wrong, though. That's the yeah. thing, is that there is no right or wrong. I mean, uh, Einstein. Einstein had the same outfit every day yes. of the week because he wanted to minimize, you know, wasting mental energy on what he was wearing. And I think there's something to someone being like, I have strict routine. I know this. This is my place. Because yeah. it does minimize wasting mental energy. But that's right for you. Yeah. That may not be right for someone else. Yeah. To be there, because I think what we're really trying to get at is what do we need to do in life to be the best version of ourselves? Yes. To operate at our peak. Yeah. And even when you talk about that, even when you say, well, what works for that person is not necessarily going to work for me. Whatever's working for you right now won't necessarily work for you 10 years from now. Yes. So you could totally be the type of person that's like, I don't want I just want to have five black shirts and five yeah. blue jeans and some flip-flops <laughs> and that's going to work for me, right? Plus, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then 10 years from now it could be completely different. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the thing. I yeah. think where we get caught up is we have this very strict idea of what's right and what's wrong when yeah. it comes towards being the best person that we can be, being the best version of ourselves, being successful. We have this very strict idea like this is what it takes. Yeah. And I'm not so sure that that's the case. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, and it's it's funny because um, I guess it's one of those things when I see success on something, especially like this year was just rough for me, like sickness-wise, injury-wise, um, all that kind of stuff. I mean, from the COVID to the hip issues to like, as soon as I felt better, I got a horrible case of ringworm on my like on my ankle, so I couldn't train even after oh, that. About and, that, that's right. Yeah, it's just, it's just been like one thing after another, so that it's like when I feel like like there's a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, I'm like, I just want to burst through the tunnel, <laughs> and it's like a, it's a weird thing of like um, I've always have the the issue of like wanting to do too much or whatever. So it's like I'm like, man, I did it just the right way this week. And then that makes me nervous. It's like the success of that of the week, just sort of from a physical standpoint. I'm like, oh God, am I about to get hurt? Is something bad about to happen? Like it's just this weird neurotic thing. Um, but it, it'll be all right. <laughs> or, or it <laughs> well, won't. it has been right. It, it has won't. been because all the other weeks didn't turn out like that, and, and they they they've all been all right. Yeah, yeah. It's just I, I guess I always think what, like I, I uh, was reading a. I forgot what the name of the book was. It's by Sanguru. You you heard of this guy before? Sanguru. Tell me uh, more about the book. He's uh, I think it's called Inner Engineering. Oh, I mean, yeah, okay. yeah, I've heard this book. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. You've read the book, right? So 
one of the things that he says in there that's 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 I, I have found it true for for me um, is he makes this point of for most people like ninety percent of the day can go exactly how they want it to yeah and it's perfect yeah and then right at the end like ten percent of that day will just something a wrench will be thrown into the mix yeah and instead of looking back and saying wow, this day, 90% of it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. The whole day will be, you'll come home, you'll argue with your husband, your wife, your, you know, whoever, you'll yeah. be mean to your dog, all yeah. these types of things, just because you allowed that, to, you're focused in on the 10%. And I have found myself to be exactly that way. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. you know, and in other words, I'm upset because the day wasn't perfect. Yeah. How crazy is I that? Know. I know. Right? But yeah. here's the thing. The reason I feel so comfortable saying that out into the interwebs is because anybody that judges me is a complete hypocrite because yeah, exactly. most of the people <laughs> are like that, yeah. right? Most people yeah. um, are, if if the day's not perfect, then it wasn't a good day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and even uh, Ice Cube. And, yeah. You know, I mean, even Ice Cube, he said today was a good day, not a perfect day. <laughs> he didn't have to use his AK, but it was a perfect, it was a good day, not a great, not a perfect day. Yeah, by his so standards, got, every day is a good day for me because uh, I never have to use my AK. So, mm -hmm. uh. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, and that's, I think that kind of brings me back to what I was saying about Austin, where like I had one foot out the door for like a long time. And my, my like quote unquote beef was like, oh, the town's changed. It's gotten bigger. It's gotten a lot of the big city elements that I was trying to get away from in Los Angeles. And it's like, it's got all these intense politics and blah, blah, blah. And then once I was like, whoa, wait a minute, if I'm in Florida and everything I could own there could be like wiped out in a second, Florida becomes a place I'm going to visit, but not live, or at least this part of Florida. And then I was like, so is Austin that bad? And I started thinking about him. I got a great group of training partners, like my best friends, my best friend in the world, Mo Siddiqui. I got all these people that I get to hang out and train with. And, and I feel like I get a huge range of skills and, and just every perfect training environment I could ever want in multiple places too. I can go down to Kyle. I can go up to North at Reed's place. I can go to Cooper's. I got like people I know all over town who have gyms. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to duplicate that somewhere else. Like, there's no way I have, what, like 17 years of history here. Like, I'm not going to spend 17 years in Florida and be, what am I going to be, like 65? Yeah, 65, literally, Jesus. Like, there's no way. Like, it's just, I can't duplicate what I did here before, just given the time and all that. Um, and then I'm like, okay, the, the city's crowded. I'm like, I go against traffic anyway. Whenever I go up to Temple, I go in the morning. I see everyone going south. I'm going north. Nobody's going north. Like, <laughs> no one's crazy like me. I mean, like, so there's there's not that. And then I'm like, the politics. I'm like, that doesn't affect me. Like, the city's crowded. I'm like, so what? The city's changed. Okay, so it's changed. Like, what, you want the city to stay the same? Like, that's just, I just started challenging all my complaints <coughs> about the area. And I'm like, none of them are really that bad. And it's like, so I, I just like the last, so Chantel on Saturdays goes to downtown. Like when you and I don't train, she has a yoga class she goes to. So a lot of times I'll tag along and just go walk around downtown, get myself a tea, do some reading. And I've been doing that like lately because, you know, you and I both have been canceling on each other so much. And I'm like, this is really nice. Like I, I like this city. Um, it doesn't mean that I necessarily want to live here full time, especially in the summer because it's hot and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, I got a lot of investments here. I got a lot of friends here. Why am I so trying to get away from that? Exactly. You know, let me ask Just you this. I mean, if you, 
if you had no TV, no social media, none of that stuff, you probably wouldn't, the things that bother you about the city, which is probably the, just the politics, yeah, would probably not bother you at all. You probably wouldn't know it even existed. But have you ever read the book, um, The Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene? I know this book. I don't know if I've read this book. He talks in there that there's a, uh, he calls it the grass is greener on the other side syndrome. Yes. And it's it's one of the laws of human nature that all human beings have this pool of something telling them always what you have is not good enough. It's going to be better over here. Yep. Yep. And it's, 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 it's false, right? Most of the times it really is, it is false. What you're doing is really wise because before you made this emotional, because that's really what it, what it he's was. talking about is emotional and human yeah. psychology, right? Yeah. That it's not based, we're making these decisions not based on any real logic. We're, mas- we're basing them off emotions and these yeah. emotions are probably uh, coming from these false opinions that we have about things, Yeah. right? Yeah. And it's very wise for you to take a step back and be like, you know what? Let me reevaluate and question all my opinions. Not yes. only that, but now I, as I get older, first of all, I, you know, I'm so happy that you've reconsidered. Um, I, obviously, when you were considering making the move, I'm not going to be like, no, that's horrible. I, you know, I got to support, yeah. uh, got to support my 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 bestest friend in the whole world. But um, you know, for own selfish reasons, I'm, I'm well, glad. I was like, that, I'm I just glad played for a hurricane every day, and then it happened. Sorry <laughs> and it happened. <laughs> I've, no, 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 no. That's terrible. Terrible, terrible. I realized but, I controlled uh, <laughs> the weather all of a sudden. It was an amazing revelation. Um, but, you know, as, I, as I've gotten older, I start to think to myself, why do people typically, when, when, when you're set up in life, the way you're talking about, right? It's not like you've lived here for six months. Yeah. When you're set up, and I'm talking about like, well, let's use the term rooted. When you're yeah. rooted into yeah. a city, a yeah. community. Yeah. Why would a person uproot? Uproot is a very difficult thing to do. You're planted into the ground. It's very difficult to uproot. You have investments. You have family. You have friends. You have routines. All that type of thing. So I start to think, well, that person is trying to, one, they're they're not happy with who they are. So they want to reinvent themselves somewhere else where nobody knows them. Um, Two, they're perhaps running away from something. Right. Like these are these mm-hmm. are these are logical reasons on why people move. Right. Like, oh, I yeah. had a girlfriend and she lives here and I need to start fresh somewhere else. And, you know, because we broke up and it's just it was a bad fallout or, you know, I got fired here or nobody likes me here. You know, I'm not the popular guy, but I can reinvent myself over in this city. Nobody knows who I am. Yeah. Um, but I think when none of those things are true and you still do that, um, it it's probably because of, I would say, and, and again, I'm going against my 2020 deal where I said I know nothing, but just just thinking about it, it it's probably because you're suffering from grasses greener on the other yeah. side syndrome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, you know, the only thing with Florida, my, my uh, niece and nephew are there and they're seven twin boy and girl. And the boy is actually real. I think I've told you before, boys really into jiu-jitsu. Um, called me like after his first jiu-jitsu class in Florida, but he had taken jiu-jitsu in California as well. Um, so there's definitely like wanting to be around that. Um, but it's like, I thought about, I'm like, I can be around that a few times a year and it'll be fine. Like, <laughs> cause I, I don't, I don't know. It's just a weird thing of, of, um, 
realizing I was potentially making the same mistake I made when I went to California, which is like forgetting how long it took me to get everything going on in Texas and being like, oh, I can just go somewhere else and do this. There's partly that. Um, and then there's partly like, it's actually kind of inviting a bigger life rather than a smaller life because it's like, I can still, because of, you know, my lifestyle and schedule and things like that, I can still go to Florida. I feel like you're frozen all of a sudden. Am I frozen too? <laughs> this is, hey, Brother Carter, I think I'm there. Oh, wait, say that one more time. I hear you. Uh, we, uh, that's going to be terrible for the, uh, for the pod. I'll see if we can edit that out. We lost some internet connection, so it was, um, uh, you turned, uh, not even robotic. It was, it was like you were drowning. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what the viewer feels or the listener feels too. So, <laughs> uh, so luckily that was some of the worst stuff that I ever said, so I don't have to repeat it. So it's good. Um, no, I, I think actually in many ways to me, I, I, what I think this is doing is it's actually making me look at, um, sort of a bigger life. And, and what I mean by that is, like, I don't have to shut one door to open the other door. Uh, in other words, I can be in these kids' lives, but I don't have to be there all the time because I still want to be in the lives of the people I know here. And it's actually made me, you know, you and I had talked about this idea of creating a, a training center and this idea that's been in my head. So I was like, man, I'm just going to start looking at properties, setting up searches, and, and just actively looking. Um, I have some sort of leads on, on possibilities. I don't think anything looks particularly like the right thing yet, but more and more, like I'm looking and I've got, you know, LoopNet, Crexy, all the different commercial things and stuff like that. And as I get sort of more of an idea, I'll start talking to different brokers that I know and figure out who I think is the right person to help me look, but, but I'm looking because it's like one of those things that the more I look, like I think anything else in life, the more energy you start putting out there, the more motion you start doing, the more you may find things you never even intended or thought you'd be able to find. Like, I always think that that, that action is a good thing in these type of situations. Um, because it's like, why can't I do that? Like, I've wanted to do that forever. And then like, I sort of put Austin on hold in general and wanted to get established up in Temple. And I'm like, why well, don't have to give up Temple? And it doesn't mean I'm losing focus on it at all, because I got my next project lined up or whatever. But this is something specific that I would want to do closer to home. Um, so I need to look there for it. And it's like, I don't know, because it's 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 just something I've always wanted to do. And, and I feel I like love it. it's, exciting. it's a good time to do it. It's very exciting. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's actually been interesting because I kept thinking like I was going to go smaller. And now I'm like, no, I think I'm going to go bigger, but in a way that like in the way I want to do it. Um, and it doesn't mean that I'd never buy anything in Florida. They're certainly not right on the coast. I'm not a, I'm not suicidal, Mo. Good Lord. Um, but, well, uh, th but that's a completely different thing, right? I, I, I guess some of the some of the best examples when you look and you study some of the people that are um, like financially very successful, very good entrepreneurs. They don't look at Warren Buffett. Look at um, people like even Donald Trump mm -hmm. and they stay within their cities for a while. And I asked myself, yeah. why do they do that, right? Yeah. Now, they invest everywhere in the world. Yes. But they stay in their uh, locale. Yeah. And I asked myself, you know, what is the reason? And I don't know. I can only guess. But here's what I would guess. <clears throat> is that when you're – so it's never too late to become, like, super successful. So your life can be a complete disaster. 
And you can be 65 years old and you can completely reinvent yourself. So I do believe that even at 65, if it makes sense for you to leave to reinvent yourself because your past is just so bad, then there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not what we're necessarily talking about. We're talking about someone that by all means is happy, successful, um, has a good uh, um, uh, community around them, right? And so when, when, when you're in that space, um, there's a term that's, that's usually thrown out and it's your, your net worth is your network. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you've built yourself up to this level of success. And I would almost believe that whatever your circle, no matter how small it is, whatever your network is, that is your net worth. That is whether they directly deal with your business and partner with you, which I know that they don't because you do things on your own or whether they just are peers that, that you can talk to and, um, you know, evaluate certain decisions, problem solve, things like that. Right. You, why would, that is the most valuable thing an entrepreneur could have. Yeah. It wouldn't make sense to go somewhere else to try to rebuild the network. I agree. And that's I, why I, I think people like Trump, people, um, just successful business, Warren Buffett, yeah. they don't leave because their, their, their network is their net worth and they're yeah. not going to go outside of their network because they've already built up a pretty damn good one. Yeah. Like, so why re- reinvent the wheel somewhere else? Yeah. You can stay where you're at with the network that you have and continue to invest anywhere that you like, visit yeah. anywhere that you like. Yeah. Doesn't mean that you'll never move. Like yeah. there are, and that's the other thing, right? There's no hard and fast rules to anything. There's yeah. nothing that says, oh, okay, well now this is the decision. The decision is I have to stay in Austin and die in Austin. Right. Like I'm here for the right. No, yeah. it's just about what's the best decision today, right now, presently. Yeah, yeah. no, I think that's a, that's a great way of saying it. And I think that, um, like everything, I don't know why I always look at things. It's so weird. Like, I think what I'm saying with all the 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 connection with all this is that I look at a lot of things as black and white. Like in terms of okay, you do the perfect schedule, perfect week, but my entire life has been shades of gray. Like it's like so weird. Like that, I, I don't know why it's so hard for my mind to have confidence in my ability to navigate the gray zone because it's literally even my jujitsu is the gray zone. Are you past my guard? No, you're almost past it. Just like Wesley was mostly dead, which is a far cry from being fully dead. It's, it's, that's my whole life is those, is those zones. And yeah, I think it's, it's, it's weird because part of it's like, I've literally lived in this house in a, in a few months, I will have lived in this house longer than I've lived anywhere in my life, my entire life. And same thing with Chantel. And you know, that's crazy. Like I think about, I've lived in, as an adult, like what, over 20 places and I've moved before we moved here, we moved four times in one year at one point. Like, I think it was 2012, 13, we moved four times in that time. So I definitely don't want to do that again. Um, but it's weird to have lived in one place for so long. Cause I've never done it. Um, I don't know, but, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. I think that's what it is. I think it's like learning how to navigate in the gray zone and being comfortable with that. Um, so I don't know why I have such a hard time reconciling like sort of fact and history versus what I think it should be in my head. Um, that's all right. I'll just ponder that question. Um, 
but yeah, I, I really, everything is in the gray zone. Now that I think about it. my, my life, my finances, my jujitsu, everything is in the gray zone. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it means, but, um, yeah, <laughs> it's not that interesting, but I think it's very common though. I think that a lot of the people, and that's probably my mistake is I, I think too much that I know what other people, but I think most people live in the gray. I think most people, they want black and white, yeah. right? They want certainty, yeah. but that's the whole deal is that there is nothing in life that's certain. Like you can look at the weather right now and they can say tomorrow's going to be sunny, but there's no hundred percent chance that it's not going to rain. Right. And yeah. I think happiness uh, and contentment comes from understanding that and being okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I, I think one of the reasons it's that almost embrace the uncertainty uh, to a yeah. certain degree. Yeah. I think the reason that people, you know, think about this from, you know, just the, the information that I consume and I've consumed lots of self-help and business books, uh, well, lots of jujitsu instructionals, lots of things like that. The thing that the problem with a lot of that stuff is that when people start summarizing and people start looking back, it's very easy to start looking at the patterns and making sense of things and going, oh, well, I did this and this led to this and this and that. But it's very easy to forget that you didn't know any of that at the time. Like when you develop a jujitsu technique, it's not like, oh, this is going to be my game and now blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, this kind of worked in this chaotic moment. So, okay, maybe I'll try this again. Okay, this kind of worked. Oh, they did this. Okay. And it's like this sort of slow trial and error evolution of something, usually without any sort of grand plan other than like, I want to stop losing so badly, so I'll try this. And then in business, it's like, you know, I talked to my father-in-law, very successful guy, you know, this and that. He's like, well, I did insulation because it was the easiest thing to get into where I just needed a truck and some tools. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to start the, the biggest commercial insulation company in Southern California. It was just like, no, I, I, well, if I, if I was a plumber, I would need a bigger thing with more equipment. And so I chose insulation because then I could just have tools and just buy the, the actual, you know, insulation I needed per job. So that's why I did that. And then I was doing this and I got busy enough. So, okay, I need to hire somebody. Well, my, my brother-in-law just graduated high school. He's looking for a job. He's pretty handy. So I hired him like that turned into like 50 employees and 45 years of being in business and all that. But it started off like just literally like that. So if he's going to write a book about it, it's going to be like, well, I did this. And then I hired like, so somebody reading it is going to think, oh, I need to find this person. Cause then I'm going to do this, this, and this, but it's not like that during the time. And the, the way I always say this is when you read history books, it's much more interesting to read like diaries or things that are in the moment because it's total chaos. Like if you read something about World War II, it's like it's total chaos. And this Hitler dude's doing this and that. And it's like, man, he's he looks like he's doing pretty well. And now he's going to invade Russia. And oh, my God. Like it's not thinking, oh, well, historically, Russia during the winter, when people invade it, they'd fail. And it's like, no, no, they're they're doing well. They got all this momentum. And then later on, people are like, ah, that was his big mistake. But it's like during the time it's chaos. And so, but if you consume a lot of history and self-help books and, and, you know, again, back to the jiu-jitsu instructionals, they're trying to package stuff in a way that is easy to learn and enticing to the viewer and the sucker like me who's going to buy all that stuff. 
But the reality of them developing those techniques is usually much more chaotic than it is the way they're going to explain it to somebody. Trying to give you a blueprint to duplicate something. Yeah. And you're, you're not going to be, that's not what's going to happen. I mean, so. Like even if I spoke to your father-in-law and he told me step by step yeah. and, he, and he handed me the manual. Yep. If I started it today, that doesn't mean it's going to turn out exactly how it turned out for him. It's and not. I wonder what are these, what are those little things that drive certain certain people towards being sick? Is it luck? Is it destiny? I don't know. I don't know because there is always the thing that, that I know entrepreneurs and successful people always are hesitant to talk about the luck factor. Like they, cause it's like, it, it's almost like it feels like if you admit where you were lucky, somehow it takes away from your success. Like I've it's always been just, different about that though. Like yeah. I, I like being the luckiest person in the world. That's yeah, how I, that's that. how yeah. I, Actually, like when anybody asks, um, you know, hey, Mo, like, how did you get success there? And I was like, oh, I'm lucky, man. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're not, yeah. <laughs> I think there's part, part of that is, is good because it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And, and the reason yes. I say this is because when you meet people that are unlucky, it's like, well, you're kind of making yourself unlucky. Like people that like, oh, things never go my way. And it's like you meet like within two minutes of meeting, you're like, dude, I want to strangle you. And I just met you. Of course, things aren't going your way. You have a, a horrible attitude and it's infecting me. And now I want to strangle you to get that attitude away from me. I mean, so so there's partly of by, by saying you're lucky, it almost makes you lucky. It's, it is sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then by talking about the luck factor, um, in a way, I think that's good because it kind of frees you up from being attached to doing something the same way all the time. It's like, well, this was lucky, but then most of the time it's seeing the opportunity that came from that luck and making it happen. Um, a great book to read that talks about this a lot is uh, is Green Lights, Matthew McConaughey's book, because you know people are like, oh, that guy's just a pretty boy, blah blah. Dude, he's been a successful actor for a long time, and that's rare. And one thing that I really noticed from his book, and he says this over and over again, is he always had the ability to see an opportunity and make it happen and, and, and take full advantage of it. And he talked about how, like, you know, he, he met with this director, even though he knew he wasn't right for the part. And he drove this guy around in his RV that he always had. And he's like, and then, you know, a year later, this director's thinking about who's going to star in the lead of uh, time to kill. And he's like, well, you know, I met that McConaughey guy. He was good. Like maybe he'd be right. You know, and that creating these opportunities for himself and, and then being very like seeing this as a green light and flooring it and going for the, you know, going for the opportunity. So there, do you the, think there's a way to be more lucky in business and jujitsu yeah, that a person can increase their level of luck? Yeah, I think I think part of it is I think I think adopting Mo's attitude is part of it. Just saying that you're lucky. Like I, I've heard uh, Scott Adams talk about this idea that we all live in a simulation, and for a long time I really resisted the idea because I'm like that sounds so weirdly elitist and like you know and that. But but then he explained it. And he's like, well, if you look at life like it's a video game that's rigged for you to win, it will make your life immensely better. Because you will look at every situation as this is a video game where I'm ri it's rigged for me to win. I just have to see like, okay, where is the the opportunity in this game that I'm playing? Okay, where's the the cheat code or the whatever it is? Like, where is that? So if you look at business that way, um, this is rigged for me to win, which is not the same thing as being cocky or reckless or anything like that. It's just like 
really understanding that you have to recognize where the opportunity is and then go for that opportunity. Um, but the opportunity is there. Like the opportunity your, is there. Your opportunity to be immensely successful is there, but you just got to figure it out. That's the game. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's with jujitsu as well is, is not getting hung up on it has to be this technique. It has to be this thing, it, whatever. It's just like figuring out where's the opportunity. And that's being, um, you know, that's almost using sort of a, a smart strategy and something like that, like saying, okay, most of the time the opportunity is going to be in this. So how do I position myself or, or look for that opportunity that's going to win most of the time? Um, that turns into a whole tact uh, tactic versus strategy conversation, which is also another good one to have off another time. Um, but yeah, I think coming into it with that attitude of like, I'm super lucky. As long as you understand what that really means, because there's some people that are going to take that the wrong way and just be like, I'm super lucky. I'm going to jump off this bridge. It's like, well, that your luck may run out <laughs> when you hit the bottom. But I love that. I think another big one is going back to show me your friends and I'll show your future. Surrounding yourself with lucky people. Yeah. Do you remember, um, God, what is the name of the movie? It's with uh, De Niro. He has a son. Um, oh. It turned it into a play. Bronx Tale. Uh, a Bronx Tale. Yeah. I remember there was a guy in there, they called him Mush. And everything, because everything he betted on turned to Mush. So there's yeah. like, they're at the racetrack and everybody, you know, everybody bet on the horse is supposed to win and, and the horse is winning. And then Mush comes by and he starts rooting for the same horse. And they're like, whoa, whoa, why is he rooting for the horse that I just bet on? Yeah. And then even before they finish the race, they tear up their tickets, throw it away and they leave. And um, the kid is kind of like, hey, what are we doing? Why are we leaving? We're about to win. He's like, no, nah, you don't understand, kid. We've already lost. And, and they did. And the horse ended up losing. <laughs> and I think there's some real truth to that, yeah. that when you're hanging around with people that have negative vibes, yeah. they're pessimistic people. They think yeah. the world is against them. Like, yeah. it's, it's like people that want to be wealthy, but they hate money. Like, you're yeah. just not going to happen, right? Yeah. Like, if you hate m having money, well, guess what? Yeah. You're never going to have any, right? And yeah. if you don't think that you're ever going to be successful, then yeah. you're never going to be successful. And if yeah. you don't think that it's possible for you to be a happy person, yeah. then you're never going to be a happy person, right? Like you usually get what you focus on. Yeah. And when you want to take your focus to the next level, you surround yourself with people that think uh, like you, or let's say you're in a situation where you're just not a happy person. So if I want to get out of that situation, what do I do? I start surrounding myself with happy people, right? Yes. If, if, I'm, if I feel like I'm the unluckiest person in the world, then uh, I hopefully disguise that so that way people don't want to uh, not be around me. Yeah. Um, but I try to find some really <clears throat> lucky people to surround myself with. And I think that your fortune really starts to change. I do too. I so do yeah, too. mindset and who you surround yourself with. Yeah, because when people dismiss somebody as just being lucky, we'll take it back to Trump anyway, just because people always say like, oh, you inherited all this money and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, lots of people haven't inherited lots of money, probably lots more money than that. What Trump understood, I still think better than almost anybody, was how to brand himself and how to uh, attract attention. And he understood how to parlay that into people talking about him, into people buying his condominiums and things like that. And he understood that very, very well. And when people dismiss him, the to me, the problem is, is that they're not acknowledging, you can still dismiss them, 
But without acknowledging the skill, to me, you're not really seeing what's happening. And, and people are always just stupid. He brags a lot. He lies all the time. And it's like, I thought that uh, Dave Chappelle captured it really well on Saturday Night Live when he goes, Trump was an honest liar. And I'm like, that's it. Because he, he's a showman. He's the guy, the Barnum and Bailey guy that stepped right up. But you know the name Barnum and Bailey because they still brought you a show. And to dismiss that and be like, oh, it's all smoke and mirrors. You know what? It still made a good show. And to say that that's an easy thing. Okay, tell me who else is in a situation who's became the friggin' president of the United. Who's the other person who did that? Because if it's that easy, like, oh, he could have just put his money in an S&P and he'd be even richer. Would he have buildings with his name all over the world? Like, it's just this dismissing thing. And it's like, to me, that people are missing the lesson they can learn from that. Regardless of whether you like the guy or not, or you'd vote the guy, or you want the guy to be in president or whatever, like, to me, that that's that's still missing a great lesson that could be learned on something like that. And that is, in and of itself is a great lesson, what you're talking about right now, is just being having the attitude of being able to learn from anyone, yes, whether you like yes. them or not. That's the separating thing. your emotion from it and being yeah. like, what can I learn from that person? What yeah. did that person do really well yes. that I can maybe use to be successful? Yeah, because people people dismiss it. And I'll, I'll say it on the other side. We'll say like AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. People like on the other side of political will dismiss her and be like, she's dumb. She's this. She's that. No, she's not. She has a great understanding. She's very she's very uh, in touch with youth culture. She really understands how to use social media. And there's like this whole thing of like her like at the fence and seeing these kids and like it was all fake. See, it was all this, but that's not. But it still created a dramatic picture, which proved a point, which raised an emotion, which raised the subject, which did all these things. It was still highly effective, and people are like, oh well, you know, you saw that it was fake. It's like okay. When we see a movie being filmed and we see it's green screen and this and that, fine, it looks fake, but that wasn't the point. The point is showing the power of visualization, the power of understanding how to tell a story. Base. What's that? To tell, tell a story. story. Exactly. And it's like, so to dismiss that and just say she's dumb or whatever, like, dude, you are way underestimating the skill involved in that. And the problem with all that is when you start dismissing people you disagree with and not learning from them and stuff like that it it turns into this weird clickbaity like so and so destroys so and so or so and so destroys so and so and i always watch those videos and i'm always like maybe 60 40 55 45 when they're like so and so destroys i'm like it was slightly above a tie it wasn't a destruction on either side or like so and so is so dumb i'm like no they're not yeah they, it's they clickbaity for them. sure but it's like, you know, because I see that on, on all sides of the political aisle. And to me, I always watch this. And I'm like, I have almost never watched a, especially a savvy politician and been like, oh, that person's dumb. I'm like, that person is extremely skilled in what they're doing. Like what they're doing takes a ton of skill. I may disagree with that or maybe not think they're like my, somebody I want to hang out with, but to be like, oh, they're just dumb. No, you're probably dumb for saying they're dumb. That's yeah. the, like, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird I, I don't know. I just, I've never been the type of person to to talk about people being dumb because it's like, first of all, I don't think I'm that smart. Um, and secondly, it, it's if I'm talking about them and that is their intention, are they dumb? Because I'm talking about them. It's like like the liver king. Oh, he's exposed now. That guy's on steroids. Oh, that's weird because every video I see on YouTube now is talking about that guy, which seemed to be his intent. 
clearly the guy was on steroids. Like anybody who even debated that doesn't really know what they're talking about. But he kept this mask up of, oh, what are you talking about? I'm just doing these nine primal tenants. And now he gets exposed and everyone's <laughs> like, oh, he's such a fraud. I'm like, yeah, but you're talking about him. There was that 10 was his primal tenants, actually. Yeah. Number 10, get attention however you need to get it. Done. And, and, and number 11 would be take steroids. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Like, <laughs> I was going to do it. So there's actually 11. Yeah, exactly. Primal <laughs> I just released the first nine and being smart, he, he dripped in the last two. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like we covered some interesting topics. I love it. How to be more lucky in business and jujitsu. To yeah. check out this podcast or to re-listen to our other podcast, um, go to the Jujitsu of Life. Also, check us out on Apple iTunes. Like, review, subscribe. Check out Robles, our sponsor, makers of the world's finest custom jujitsu apparel. Check out Yellow Pine Investments. As always, check out Quantum Leap Web Design. That is my brother Carter Fisk. I'm Mo. And as always, we wish you guys nothing but the best both on and off the map. Thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. That's it for this episode of the Jiu-Jitsu of Life. Your hosts are Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui. This podcast is brought to you by Rulebliss, makers of the world's finest custom jiu-jitsu apparel. You can subscribe to the Rulebliss newsletter to get the exclusive content at rulebliss.com. You can find more episodes of this show on our website at thejujitsuoflife.com. And you can subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we wish you a great week, both on and off the mat.